Shut up and sit down. I want to welcome everybody to episode 197 of Third Shift. I am one of your glorious hosts, the light bearer, the light bringer, Mr. Eric himself. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't have two of us here. And he is, he's here drinking a big old sip of water. It's the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt, coming at you full 3D. Isn't that a song or something? <laughs> I'm coming at you live is a song. I don't know about three, full 3D. I don't know. Maybe I made it up in my head. I don't know. I like it. I like it, and we're going to roll with it anyway. <laughs> so, of course, before we get on into the news and into the topics and all the other little munchkin things you want to hear about, we got to talk about our weeks. So we're going to start with Matt tonight. Since I did the opening, Mr. Matt, what's this week been like? I don't remember anything in this week other than the one game I played, and the one game I played was Persona 5 Royal, and I've been streaming it, and I've been playing it off stream, and I've been having lots of fun. And it's the greatest game ever made. We've said it before. We said it. We'll say it again. We'll probably say it again later in this episode. <laughs> Spoiler alert! But it's just amazing. I have fun with my in-game friends, and I—it's just—it's everything that I could want it to be. Every now and then, I'll stop playing it, and I'll look at my my PSN crossbar. I'm like, I should play something else for like these thirty minutes before I go to bed. And all I want to do is just start Persona again and play it again. So I, that's all I've been playing. That's all I've been doing this week. There's still nothing to do. Michigan's easing its little lockdown a little bit, but not enough that I can go to a movie or go to a play or go to a musical. So that's it for me this week. What about you, Mr. Eric? Well, in a similar vein, not too much has been going on. Been getting outside a lot. The weather's changed for us, so playing outside, doing a little soccer practice here and there with the girls. True. And, uh, yeah, no movies, no shows. Didn't really hang out with too many folks this week. Just kind of sitting back, you know, chilling at the house. And, of course, you're like, hanging out with folks. You can't hang out with folks. COVID's out there. Well, everybody, sorry to tell you, I work in a building with lots of other people. So, you know, COVID is COVID. (laughs) We're doomed if it's going to come to us anyway. That's very true. (laughs) It is very true. So, with that being said, in the video game realm, I have been playing some games. Mainly Persona 5 Royal. Surprise, surprise. You know, when we get in on it, we get in on it. That's how we're going to do it. And we're going to keep rocking it until it's finished. But I did get out and stream some Doom and play another level. So that was a good time. Had a lot of fun on the stream. Of course, had a lot of fun getting through the next level. Getting ready for, of course, the next time we go about playing Doom. I can't wait. Good times indeed. I put on Control again. Played a little bit more of that. And I love the game. Having a good time with it. My problem, though, is, of course... I've already beaten it, and as much as I love that game, right now I don't want to play it all again. I kind of yeah. just want to play the DLC, Foundation, and the new one coming out this week or next week, all. This is the whole purpose of me even trying to push through it right now. It's just, I'm, I'm just really torn because I, I just don't want to do it all again, but I really, really want to play those DLCs. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about off-air, you know, getting to the ashtray maze and the music video that I'm blanking on the title of, those will be two great moments, but a lot of that game, I mean, I, I love the game. I enjoyed it, too. I had a blast with it, but I don't even really remember. There aren't, like, big memorable moments in that game. Like, the combat is fun once you have your abilities, and there's those two cool, really big set pieces and, you know, memorable moments. But other than that, you run around shooting the dudes, and there's the flying dudes, and you shoot them. I mean, there's, yeah, there's memorable stuff, moving. but it's not like... If I had to play it all over again right now, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm jazzed to get to that part where there's the big guy with the stuff all around him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, 
I'm just waiting for the, the Tomasi fight, the second Tomasi fight again. That one just annoyed the living bejeevous out of me. He was an optional boss. You didn't have to go after him. He was in the end. I definitely didn't get him, but the uh, when you're coming up on the end with all the radar dishes or whatever that are mm-hmm. putting stuff up, that was annoying because I died like twice on it, and you have to start that whole room all over yes. again. Yes, that was just bananas. So there's a couple fights I'm dreading, but what I'm not dreading is the Threshold Kids. I cannot wait to watch all the Threshold Kid videos once again. They are my favorite, and I was super stoked to see that Foundation has more Threshold Kids inside of them. Good. So I get to be scared and weirded out all over again. I can't wait for it. So that's the reason (laughs) and the motivation behind going through that once again. And last but not least, folks, I popped into World of Warcraft. My brother's been back in there, so I was like, man, let me just take a look. Shadowlands is right around the corner, and I always play the DLCs, expansions, no matter how long I haven't played the game or have played the game. So I'm like, well, maybe I should get back in there and touch up, try maybe just get some LFG gear going. So got in there for about 10, 15 minutes, trying to organize stuff, look at things for a little bit. And I'm like, yep, yeah, oh, my old, this old familiar world. Here she is. Look at her hair. Man, oh man. She looks gorgeous. It feels great. Of course, I've got a computer that runs it, you know, all maxed out and everything, which isn't saying much, but even so, with it maxed out, it does look really nice, even though the game's a million years old. Come on, man. You got to play it on a crummy laptop and turn your ground effects off to even see yeah, it. That's, that's exactly. how you play it. Can't even oh, see this that is fire. a square. It's a square block. Don't worry. Just keep the square block in the corner with you. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You don't need to know. Just keep the square block in the corner. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. The old times. And that's been it. That's what I've done. That's everything. I hope you guys enjoyed because bada bing, it's over. That was us individually this week. Together as a team this week, we did the What You Playing Third Shift for the month of May. I just put it up, literally as we're recording this, like 15 minutes ago. So if you're hearing this now and you are a subscriber at the $3 or up tier, go ahead and check that out because it's an awesome show. It's a great show like, like it always is. You and me sitting down talking about games and having fun. What could be better than that? Nothing can be better than that, Matt, because it is the best, best of things, all right? I'll tell you that much. You know, speaking of best of things... There's some new games out this week, man. Oh, some beautiful new games. Ah, and I shouldn't say that because earlier today we were just going, wow, there's not a lot of games out. It uh-huh. is very, very slim pickings this week. But I managed to find a really, really nice game that uh, I've actually played. Not not this one I'm going to talk about, but part two. And that's, of course, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Came out for the Switch May 29th. It was, of course, developed by Monolith Soft and published by Nintendo. This has a long history, all right? This years and years, 10 years ago plus now, you know, this game was clamored and begged for and begged for, you know, overseas Japan didn't think it was going to be a big hit here. They didn't want to bring it over. They finally got it over, but it was on like the heyday, the end days of the Wii, and everyone thought it was amazing, but unfortunately, just not a lot of people got it or played it because we were moving on at that point. So they did a 3DS, I think it was, port. Pretty sure it was 3DS, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a 3DS port, which in and of itself, with the vastness of this game, was very, very cool. But it just suffered from all sorts of problems, you know, graphically, etc. And then it disappeared, and everybody just kept begging for it and begging for it. Eventually, of course, the Switch came out with Xenoblade Part 2, which this is one I've played. I love that game. It's great. I've got probably 60% way through that game, but my problem with it is the combat system. And so, of course, when I'm looking at this one, which is now out, 
I, I see that it's similar, but it's simpler in a, in a sense. And so I think I might actually like this one better. All right. So what this game is real fast, it's a, it's an open world action RPG, or I shouldn't say it's more just an RPG, but the combat is the uh, active combat. So you're controlling your character. You're assigning what you want your other characters to be doing. And then you depend on them to do it while you're doing your attacks, while you're running around the baddies trying to get them, you know, get them flanked and hit their rears or hit their weak points, whatever that may be. Which I'm not typically a fan of that system. And for this one, as I was just saying, it's boiled down. It's got like an MMO kind of thing going for it where the the timers, you hit your big move and then the timer just starts going down and on a cooldown and you can use it again once it's up. And of course, your different abilities will say, hey, if you get them on their flank or side, it does more damage. Uh, some of them, you know, you got to be paired up with other characters, that sort of thing and it's similar to two but it just it just looks and feels like it's not as complicated as twos which was my biggest gripe with two i just didn't appreciate having to rely on my ai running around and doing the right thing because they almost never do and it feels really bad when you're you're depending on one of them to heal somebody and they don't and then they die and now you're scrambling trying to heal but all the while the baddies are just jacking you up i don't like that system but the beautiful world that's in here all right is just fantastic it's well i'll give you a basic of the story here you are on top of two titans it's this mechanical titan and of course a biological titan they were always at war da 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 like gods do they can't beat each other they go into like this dormant sleep civilization rises on top of these suckers and of course what do you think happens the biological side wars with the mechanical side and then you become the main character shulk who finds out he can wield the the mighty blade that was supposedly held by Bios or Biomes, whatever the biological titan is, and he's going to be the hero, and he strikes out on an adventure. Surprise! It's a it's it's every RPG story in the world. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he heads out with friends, his young adventurer, and they go all all over the place. The beauty of it is in the expanse of the environments you go in. Everywhere you go, there's beautiful vistas to look at, wonderful music, baddies and creatures of all shapes and sizes all over the place. If you like that kind of like Breath of the Wild open world, this is a title you might want to be looking at. If you like the action combat, you might want to come over this way. If you don't, I'm going to warn you now. I'm not kidding you. It's super action-y RPG where you're running around doing all that. If you don't learn how to utilize the skills and flank and stuff, you're going to get destroyed all the time. You'll do your typical gear, you know, your weapons, armor, etc., and you get your abilities as you level up. You'll get combos with characters. It's all the things you can imagine, but... I'm telling you right now, this game's been talked about for years and years for a reason. It is awesome. It looks awesome. The upgrade into the Definitive Edition, the graphics have been up. The character models have been basically all redone, so they look like actual human beings and mechanical creatures, whatever you are, instead of just blocky chunks like they used to look like. And then on top of that, you get the DLC for free with this one, and it's also been upgraded and looks all nice. And if you're a veteran and don't want to play the 100 plus hour RPG, because yes, folks, this is a 100 plus hour RPG, you can just go straight to that DLC and you don't have to touch the actual game itself because it's a standalone DLC and you'll go right on in with some characters and go through and have a good old time. So honestly, what's not the love? I recommend you check it out. So you're talking about a game with a beautiful world, beautiful graphics, beautiful everything. What's more beautiful than a, a little like half-naked genie lady? Because, hey, I'm talking about Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which came out this past week on Thursday. If you don't know the Shantae series, it's a fun, lighthearted, I don't know, it's just a fun, kind of just easygoing 
Metroidvania is what I would say. It's not super hard, but it does have all the Metroidvania tropes to it. And hey, I'll pause right there since I've said it like 10 times right now. We did get a mailbag question asking us to define some of the frequently used terms like Metroidvania. It got a little bit of buzz in the Discord. So I'm going to say, if you don't know what a Metroidvania is, it's basically an adventure or an exploration game where you're going through generally like a big castle in most Castlevania games or like big caves and like environments like in a Metroid game. But there's a lot of exploration in these adventure games. You're going through all these different areas. They're usually themed areas. And usually by the time you get to an end of an area, you get a certain power-up that helps you access previous areas you couldn't access before. So there's a lot of going through a big involved map to get to your current goal. And along the way, you're going to find a locked door or you know a ledge you just can't reach because you, you just can't jump high enough. But later in the game, you get the high jump boots, and you can kind of go back up and around, find a new way through to do things, or, you know, you can just find new new items, new bonuses, new power-ups that are kind of hidden away in the, in the nooks and crannies if you remember to go back to this area with your new abilities you just gained. So that's basically Shantae. It's, it's a casual, fun, I wouldn't say, like, comedic, but it is kind of a, a silly game series, all about a half-genie who uses her magical abilities to save her friends, save her town. Enemy characters are usually pretty fun and easygoing and silly too. So if you got young kids, Shantae is a great game for them. If you're just, you know, kind of a casual player, you just want to get a little bit of a Metroidvania hit without, you know, a big deep dive, some 40-hour thing, Shantae is a great game for that too. So this specific game, Shantae and the Seven Sirens, it's got really beautiful, like, animation. If you watch it in action, it's got that hand-drawn animation style, especially when you see the bosses and the big attacks they can do. Really, really beautiful all the graphics are really nice and clean. The one issue that I that I kind of have with the presentation of it is it came out first on mobile. Like, they released the first half of the game on mobile. Now it's out on consoles. I think PC, PS4, and Switch are what the current release is for. And the presentation has like a... It's got a mobile game feel to it to me. When you see the dialogue boxes and the way they're kind of formatted and the way the text lays in them, it just feels mobile. But everything else looks great. It sounds great. You know, the the music's awesome. It's got some chiptune retro sounds to it. And it just plays great. I mean, there's not a lot of complicated stuff to these Shantae games, but kind of the theme of the game is, you know, you're this half-genie. You learn magical spells that allow you to transform into animals that let you traverse the environments a little bit better. And one of the advancements in this game is normally you, you like, go into, like, her, her dance mode. Like, she'll be dancing and Mm-hmm. swinging her hips and based on which point you stop the dance is which animal you transform into come up to a ledge and like oh i gotta be the squirrel and you go to the dance and it, you, you stop dead in your tracks you do the dance for a second or two whichever form she gets into you turn in and you go in this game it's it's button presses like there's a there's a little lizard or a newt that lets you climb walls and like air dash you just boop you hit a button when you want to turn into them there's a little drill thing that lets you go down through sand kind of like dig dug style and that automatically triggers any time you get in that sand. So as soon as you touch it, voop, you're the drill. It knows what you want to do, basically. Mm-hmm. So it kind of streamlines the system, makes it a lot more easygoing and fun. That's Those are the two words I think of when I think of Shantae. Easygoing and fun. But, I mean, it is a Metroidvania. You are going to have to go to one end of the map and then back through the other way and then through a hidden cavern in the bottom. So people have complained that the signposting isn't that great, and that's what I experienced the one Shantae game I played. But... If you just have the the heart of an explorer, you're going to get there pretty well. And then the only other thing, with all that backtracking, you're killing a lot of enemies. And another thing that I appreciate that they put into this game is every time you kill an enemy, it has a chance to drop an enemy card. And if you get enough cards of that specific enemy, you can unlock 
a boost to your current abilities. Like if there's a, a spider that comes down and shoots stuff at you, you've killed a million of them, you got a bunch of their cards, now it lets your newt climb that wall a little faster, or he dashes a little faster. As you're going back and forth through these areas, fighting and killing all these enemies, it gives you a little bonus to all that stuff you have to do. Now you kind of want to do it, because it helps you out a little bit. So if you like Metroidvania games, if you like adventure games, if you like just easygoing, fun games with a, just a, a cool, chill atmosphere, check out Shantae. The whole series is great. Here's the latest one, out now for your PC, PS4, and your Switch. Go get it and have a great time. What, can, what else can I say? Nothing. You did just fine, Matt. And, you know, you mentioned something real important. You said we were hiding out in caves, you know, and we were. We were hiding out in caves underneath the Gearbox facility, Waiting and hoping for some little snippets, some news pieces, all right? And it was tough because, you know, the times are crazy right now. Everything's going on. But we got a little bit for you today. Just a little bit, all right? And I'll start off with, of course, Borderlands Legendary Collection for the Switch has been released. It's out in the wild as we speak. And from all reports, people are enjoying it. People are loving it. Having a good time. Enjoying Borderlands 2 on the Nintendo Switch, both docked and undocked. I want to be part of this. I'm still waiting on 2K. They're uh, they're going to send me this really cool red package. It's got like all the stuff in it. Uh, once that gets here, I'm going to be in on board day one or day 20 or day 40. Whatever day it ends up being, Matt. And I, I got to jump on you here because you keep saying Borderlands 2 on the Switch. It's also the pre-sequel. It's also the Game of the yes, Year edition. Yes, yes, yes. And now is the time of the show. It's late. I know you guys were sweating. Everyone was sweating bullets going, when is Matt going to get to his favorite part of the show? It's here now. Because they dropped shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, Borderlands 2, and Borderlands the pre-sequel. You got five Golden Keys in all of those games because they knew this hot collection was coming out. You're going to want some free loot in it. So hit up the Twitter, the the forums, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot in your hot new Switch game that you got in a hot new red box from 2K because you're a cool guy. Indeed. And speaking of cool, who's cooler than Silvermane from Godfall? I don't know. This is a piece of news that's popped out, a little tidbit that's happened. I had no clue. I am lost in the sauce. But Matt, <laughs> he apparently caught it in the ether there on the old Twitterverse or wherever he found it. So what the heck are we talking about here, Matt? Well, we're talking about Godfall, which we know is the upcoming slasher looter from Gearbox Publishing. And they released like a little bit of a character trailer for Silvermane, like you said. There's not a whole lot of detail. It's kind of one of those usual character reveal trailers where you get a couple deep lines about, oh, how is every armor piece on his plate is forged from the the will of a... I forget what it said right now, but it is it is a really cool, well-put-together little trailer. You get an overview of this character's armor. You get to see him kind of like striding out and like hitting his pose. and like, yeah, it's Silverman. Here he comes. Played in Godfall Holiday 2020 on your PS5 and your PC. So not any kind of detail... But it looks like a cool lion character. Like, he's got big silver armor. It's got, like, the flames behind it. Looks really cool. So, uh, I can't comment on what the character is other than it looks really neat and cool. And you should go watch the trailer because I mean, it reminds me of, like, Reinhardt from Overwatch. Like, a big mm-hmm. armored character. Looking cool. And they've been releasing, if you don't know or follow them over on Twitter, they release these little snippets, like, little history pieces of the world that they yeah. inhabit. Yeah. So... I haven't got up to date on them. I've only read a couple of them now, so I'll do my homework and get on board with that. But I, I just like so far, I like how it's like this weird, the gods did some bad things, but they created these like angel or whatever you want to call them, like type people. And now they're here trying to set things right. And so there's like this huge weird war going on between you know, godly like type people. So I'm like, oh, I'm on board with this. I, I like it. That's one thing I, I have been seeing every now and then, and I always forget to mention it on the show. But I appreciate it because it's got, you know, like like that Dragon Age or Skyrim type thing where 
it's all you know a quote from this godly epic or like the, the like a, a Bible type thing in the game where it's you know it has some cool quote and then it has like the you know here's who said it here here's what it's from. I like that stuff that that kind of world building stuff. So it's cool that they're dripping that out in bits and pieces, and you get a cool character trailer on top of it. I can't wait to see more of Godfall. I want to see it in action, obviously. Indeed, I agree with you. And, and we all thought we were going to get a little bit more this week with the takedown of the Guardian Breach and, of course, the patch that comes with all that. But unfortunately, we have to sit back for at least another week. We'll see how it all goes. World events are happening right now, and Gearbox and 2K have decided to uh, withdraw their new content and whatnot to let uh, other platforms take prominence on the uh, social feeds and in media, etc., all over the place. So... For now, we will not get to play all the said new content, which we were going to tell you all about and talk all about. It's not happening. But on a good piece of news, the Revenge of the Cartels is sticking around for one more week. I mean, it does suck. I literally promised on the show, next time it's going to be Super Gearbox all the time. We're going to have all Mm -hmm. this content. And now we don't. It's 100% understandable, like we said. But the bright side of it is that cartel event that everybody loves so much is still sticking around. I'm really glad that they did that because you could have just easily like, well, we had the switches to turn off on the 4th and oh, well, we just are going to do that still. But they didn't. They pushed back all the new stuff, but the old stuff still gets to stick around. You still get to farm for all your yellow cakes and your no pew-pews and your OPQ systems and have all the good times that you could ever want in the cartel event. Exactly. So if you were fishing the other day for your beautifully, perfectly anointed item and you just didn't get it and you were frustrated because it was going away, it's not. Get back in there. Make sure you get everything because who knows at this point when it is going to go away. We'll see. Only time will tell. And only time will tell when we get more Gearbox news to put in the major topic segment. But there's no, there's none right now. There's, there's literally nothing. So you know what we got to fall back on. We got to go back to our roots, to the thing we're most passionate about. Sure, I'm sure there's other news in the gaming industry. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. I don't even know. But what I do know is I want to talk about more Persona 5 Royal with my buddy, and hey, don't give us any crap for this. Every other video game podcast you listen to, they talk about whatever they've been playing during the week. I know. I've listened to them. This is us. We're doing it now. We get to do it, Eric. It's exciting. That's right. We get to do it, and it's going to be Persona 5 again because there's all sorts of weird things we missed. And, of course, some more stuff we've done since last time we talked to you guys. And before we go anywhere and talk about anything, I want to talk about showtimes. What about yes. them showtimes, yes. Matt? Okay. <laughs> It keeps on being forgotten every time we talk about it, and I ain't letting it happen again. I couldn't remember what your forgotten item was from before. I was like, I know it was really good, and then I totally didn't even think about it either. See? It would have happened. It would have happened. The the showtimes, if you don't know, everybody, were not in Persona 5, the original. They're an added item here in Persona 5 Royal. What they do is it takes two characters, and they kind of come together in a particular scene, and they're like, hey, I, I thought of this really cool, neat thing that we could do together, blah, 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 blah. And then they, like, whisper it to each other, and the magic star you get from Jose sparkles and shines, and all of a sudden, now you have the ability, randomly to trigger said showtime in the characters that talked or whispered to one another, and at which point it'll have a button pressed for you, you prompt it, and then said character with partnered character comes out with this fully done anime little scene that's Mm -hmm. all super cool and done up, flourishes everywhere, cool moves, cool sayings, cool events, and it does this plays out right in front of you and totally smokes the baddie for tons of damage. Mm-hmm. And they're always really fun, colorful, funny. It, it's 
It's a wonderful addition to the game. And every time it pops up, you smile and you can't wait. Even if you've seen it 20 times, you're just like, yeah, here we go. Showtime again. Pew! It, it is just awesome. Everything you said is 100% right. It's, it's, it's a great addition to the game. It's wonderful to watch every time it happens. I can't wait to unlock new ones. Anytime I see two characters get together and have their little conversation, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I don't remember what these were because the Persona Central Twitter account showed off all of them, like way back in the day for the Japanese launch. I've forgotten 90% of them. But every time I see two characters get together, I'm like, oh, man, what the heck could those two do together? What's the, what's the theme going to be? Because it's usually themed around you know, one character or the other, or the relationship between the two. So it, it's always interesting to see what is going to happen. The one with Makoto and Haru, of course, is my favorite because it's all about wrestling. More than it just being fun and funny and colorful and cool, it does wicked crazy damage on any kind of enemy, no matter what their resistance is. You got an enemy that's null to physical, throw the Showtime attack out there, and he's you guarantee knocking him on his butt. And it's something they didn't even have to add. Just like most of the other things we've talked about that they've added to the game, you could have done without it, and it would have just been fine. But to just like put a little cherry, boop, right on the top of that combat Sunday. Oh, hey, every now and then, boop, especially when you're in danger. Like I was fighting the Reaper the other day, and it didn't go well. But when that Showtime attack just came up, and I was like, hell yeah, he's going to eat it now. And he, I, he still beat me, but I took yeah. him down a big chunk. Yeah, my only complaint I would say was this, I don't see him that often. Uh, they once in a blue moon come up with like regular fights but i only mostly see him with like boss fights yeah and then they'll pop up once or twice and i'm like man i really wish he would come up more because i love every last one of them in fact i just got a new one it might have been makoto's and Heroes. i'm not sure mm-hmm. but i haven't even seen it yet you know they did their whole little spiel and little yeah. star little shit and and then boom i just you know days and days and days have gone by and just hasn't happened to be fair though if they popped up more often than they do you wouldn't have any trouble in any fight ever. That's true, and then it'd be too easy, and yeah. you'd be a little disappointed. But no fight's hard for me anyway because I'm so good, so I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Speaking of fights and speaking of being too good to even have to bother with a fight, there's one thing that I really appreciate that I've talked about for years and years and years that Persona 5 Royal does. I can't remember if it was in Persona 5 original. I feel like it wasn't, but I was cruising around Mementos the other day, Like I always say, I go from the top to the bottom every time, bottom to the top. So you start in the weakest floors with the weakest enemies. And I was driving around just getting, you know, items, getting the treasure chest, just filling up my bank account, basically. And I I stopped right in front of a persona. I don't know why I did it, but he he turned and he looked at me and he he had sweat drops and he ran away. And I went, oh, it's because he's so weak. He is actually running away from me, which is something that mm-hmm. I remember from Earthbound way back in the day, and almost no other RPG ever does it. It's just it's just battles, 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 battles. You can't avoid them. They're just there. They are. So I really appreciate that here in Persona Five Royal, and maybe in the base game too, but I just never noticed it. If the enemies are too weak in Mementos, at least they will turn and run from you. So you don't have to waste your time getting oh getting chased down and oh go, getting into an actual full battle that you don't even want to do. They'll just run. They'll just run the hell away, and it saves me time. It saves me effort if I don't, you know, if I'm just like I got to get up through this floor and out and save because I got to go do something. It respects your time. This game that takes 120 hours to beat actually respects your time in the small 
little minute-to-minute stuff. I love it. Well, and on top of that, you can get the ability to, when you slam into enemies, you have a chance of not even fighting them. So on top mm-hmm. of the lower-end enemies just running away from you, even the mid-tier stuff, you can occasionally, when you hit them, you just immediately get the XP and the, and the points, and you keep moving on. So in another small sense, you save time by just uh, you know hitting them and keep running. And that's what I use when I go through those weak floors of mementos. Now, I mean... It usually gets to the point where I can do that all the way up and down no matter what. When I go to Mementos, I put on some music and I sit back and I just hold that, I hold the dash button and I just run through everything. It's great. I love it. Uh-huh. As you should, man. That is a beautiful way to do everything. And of course, you got a ton of stuff that you got forgotten here, Matt. Of course, for me, there's only two items that I wanted to make sure we remember, which I already made one. And the other one's kind of a discussion that happens if we even get to it, because it's what I was talking to you about earlier and the sense of time. And uh, hanging out with folks sometimes. So, Well, speaking of hanging out with folks, the other thing that I forgot from the last episode is a quick one, but it meant a lot to me when I found it. You know, I talk a lot about how in the in this game, in the original version, you're spending so much time with people. They like you feel like they become your friends. Once the game's over, you're like, oh, man, I can't see my friends anymore because you, you build this team. You build your confidants. You see their story arcs. You help them solve problems. It's just a nice little life you live in the game. And I was looking in my main menu the other day, and I went, hmm, you know, I've never opened this calendar thing since the very first days of the first game. So I chose the calendar option, and I went forward in time, and I went, okay, yeah, it shows where you can work your part-time jobs and this and that. It shows the end date for the palace, when you got to send the calling card, all that stuff. But then it went backward in time, and it has a record of every single thing you did on every single day. And it was like... It was like going back through a scrapbook of the fun times I'd had with my friends, you know, my confidants and the, the trials and tribulations we'd went through. Because, you know, it, was, it gave you the start dates of the palaces, the end dates, the, the, the major events that happen in the story that don't, you know, even really affect palaces. Mm-hmm. Those are all on there, too. You know, met this character for the first time, met that character for the first time, went to the maid cafe tonight. I don't know why I liked it so much, but it was just that, like, like kind of like a warm, fuzzy feeling of, like I said, just going through a scrapbook or like pu- pulling up an old yearbook and seeing how people had signed your yearbook, thinking, "Oh man, I remember the times I had with them and them." This is the part. This is the week when I farmed my charm super heavy because you see, I went to the bathhouse every single night. Back here is when I was getting Makoto up because I was doing this, this, this. It was just a great, fun, just like nostalgic feeling in this game that I'm currently playing right now. I'm having nostalgia for the few weeks, just two weeks back. It was great. It was awesome. No, see, it's funny you mention that because I've never looked at that calendar. I didn't look at it in the original game, and I haven't even looked at this game. <laughs> you yeah. said calendar, and I went, yep, there is. I see it every time I go to the menu, and I've mm-hmm. never once clicked on that thing, ever. I had no idea what it did, nothing. Just just an ignored piece of the game. I think in the original game, I opened it up once, and it went, hey, your part-time job in the afternoon, your part-time job at night. And I went, oh, that's what that's for, and I never opened it again. But yeah, going back through it was just... It was like it was like leafing through these third shift show notes that I have here in an actual composition book. I'm like, oh man, I remember this show. I remember that. Hey, remember I remember this when I wrote this. <laughs> it's just oh, it's just a great time. Man, now you got me now I gotta go check it out. Now I gotta go take a look when I get on mm-hmm. later, if I get on, and and see what the hell you're talking about because I wanna go down memory lane two of better times with we were just peaceful and having a good old time, and nobody uh-huh. nobody hated us, Matt. You know, we we're friends together. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. 
So one more thing I want to mention. Uh, this one definitely is an added thing. Like my previous one, I wasn't sure if that was still in there. But I want to talk about the Velvet Room and the alarm system in the Velvet Room. Now, if nobody knows the alarms, if you win enough battles, you get a little, like, you get the scary door. It'll come up and like, ha, oh, I sent something's amiss in the Velvet Room. You go in there, there's an alarm, there's a klaxon going off, it's all red lights, and everything changes. Everything's just a little bit different, just a little bit stronger, but a little bit finicky. When you do a gallows execution and it works, your persona comes out way stronger, and then the gallows breaks. So if you go and do it again, I keep saying gallows. That's what I. That's what I go in that's there. That's the one for. you go for. Yeah. Yeah, I jump in there because you. Okay, here, quick explanation: the gallows execution. You pick a persona and you pick a sacrifice, and that sacrifice gives XP and abilities to the other persona. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, you get a massive XP boost. If you do the itemization, the electric chair execution, you get an even better, like a next tier item up. If you do the guillotine execution, your persona that you fuse gets way better stats, but then the guillotine breaks, and if you do it again, you get something different. Like, you see the results of what it's going to be, and like, oh man, you fuse this and this, you get a head of Kinnearis, cool. But then it goes, the guillotine stops halfway down, the wardens get it with a chainsaw instead, and then it's like, oh look, it's a pixie, or it's a whatever it is. Oh, with all the abilities, City, or whatever the heck. <laughs> With all the abilities you chose, it's like, oops, didn't turn out right. But it's always fun to just, I always grab the personas for my confidants that I'm with, and they're always the low tiers. So whenever I need to break it to get back out and get the, you know, once I've done my powered up persona, I'm like, well, let me throw these two together and I don't know, see what happens. Sometimes you get something cool. Sometimes you get something that will be a good fusion ingredient later once the alarm's off. I don't know. I really like it. I love the... I love the power-up system of it the most because just getting those that crazy XP, that extra buff on your persona from the, the moment it starts, it just feels good. Indeed. I uh, I go about it a little bit different. I It depends for me on what personas I have. If I've just gone through a palace or if I've gone all the way down mementos and I've gathered up a whole troop of personas when that thing goes off, I typically just go in and see what kind of persona I can put together and fuse a new persona out of. To make it, you know, become the best it can because when you go and fuse a new persona, it automatically gets all of its uh, bars unlocked. And so what that means for you is that means all the traits that you get between those two personas, you can now add a whole bunch of them to that True. persona instead of just a couple, which is typical. Typically, you can only get two to four-ish or so for the most part. But when you do it this way, you get all of them unlocked. So you're bringing over the max amount of traits. Plus on top of that, you get to pick from the, from several plus bonus, uh, the side traits that are just inherent in that said persona. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you get a bigger choice out of your side traits. You'll get all the options open for your main traits. And then the best part is that it takes two, typically two of those traits after you've received them in yes. your upgraded persona, and then it, they start shaking, and they goes, uh-oh, something strange happening to these two abilities. Do you want to proceed? You say yes, and almost always, not always, but almost mm. always, it upgrades them to some really powerful abilities right then and there, oh, yeah. and you walk away with some endgame abilities, even though you're only midway through the game, which, of course, I don't need to tell you, is a huge advantage for you going forward. Mm-hmm, 100%. And speaking of huge advantages going forward, I'm 100% sure this wasn't in the first game, but you have to let me know. Network executions were not in the first game. They were correct? not in there, no. This is all new. Because that changes the whole damn game, especially if you go in there on an alarm, 
because a network execution, you take one of your personas, and then it basically you have a random list of I think six to eight personas from people out in the world, out in the out in the internet world, and some of their personas, you know, sometimes it's level ninety persona, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Once you fuse them, you can pick whichever traits and abilities you want from between those two personas. Not you know a hundred percent all the time or anything, but once you get that fusion with a level 70 some persona that gives you something you can use and you can take his awesome abilities right off of him and then plus if you're in alarm you boost up your persona anyway you get the little the little ability change thing going on uh-huh. it's the perfect storm of awesome stuff i am 100 percent glad though that it is limited to one network execution per day because otherwise you would you destroy it you would break the game 100 percent. oh yeah but it is a ton of fun yeah so beyond that, then after you know Matt was saying the gallows, they they start going. Oh, it's getting iffy here. You probably want to stop. Then you can back out of that and you go to itemization and you go down the list and you just proceed through everything you can and make sure you use the red room while it's available. After that, you back out and go away. And my advice, honestly, is for me anyway, it's been popping up so often that I really don't even bother doing personas anymore until a red room appears mm-hmm. because of just the extra ability stats, etc. that you get from yeah. the red room. I don't see the point anymore of doing it in a blue room unless I'm just going for a very specific reason just because I need a, a specific persona to upgrade with uh, the sisters or whatever. I'm in the same boat, especially since I've had my Shikiyoji since Madarame's Palace and I don't need anything else. I'll go in and screw around on a on a fusion alarm, but other than that, I don't fuse anything anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. and it's just for fun. If I do go in there on a on a regular day, and I'm I, I'm usually only go in to pull out personas for my confidants, and if I'm just like, oh well, I just maxed him and him out, might as well just fuse it even on a blue day. Who cares? It's a beautiful system. It's wonderful. And another thing that I really love is if you get the Wardens up to Confidant level 3, you unlock the Lockdown ability, which is you put one of your Personas basically in storage with them. They basically just sit there, and nothing happens. They don't get XP, but when you pull them out, they have a chance of having learned a new ability that helps hide one of their weaknesses. Like Mashiki Yoji, I put him in there. The one thing he's weak to is Nuke, and he came out the first time, and he had Evade Nuke. Sometimes he'll get, like, Resist Nuke, you know, which ups his resistance. Recently, he got Repel Nuke, so now he doesn't have any weaknesses. I just put Repel Nuke on, now he reflects that. So not only is Lockdown itself awesome, but now in Persona 5 Royal, you can burn incense when you're in Lockdown and buff your Personas. And also, Lockdown has a special boost when there's a Fusion Alarm. You do level up your Personas in Lockdown when there's a Fusion Alarm. So not only do you put it in, it learns skills that help it not be weak to anything anymore. But then you can burn incense that lets you up its stats. And over the days, you'll just boop, boop. Here's, you know, plus one to your luck. Here's plus two to your luck. Here's plus one to these two stats. You can find all kinds of different incenses. I just unlocked ones that allow you to get plus three to a stat. So every time I'm not rolling through an actual palace, Shikiyoji goes in lockdown. I burn that incense for him. His stats are ridiculous. I've literally fused level 80 personas, and I'm level 60-something because I maxed out the Wardens, and you can pay to fuse higher-level personas than you are. So I have these endgame ultimate confidant personas. Their stats are like, you know, oh, man, his his max strength stat is like a 65. Shikiyoji is like 70 right now at level 55 because I keep throwing him in there, burning that incense. He gets the XP boost when the fusion alarm happens, so he's leveling up with me. 
I take him with me all through mementos, up and down, up and down. You can make any persona you want as badass as you want via this system. It's ridiculous how good you can make them, especially just with the incenses, because they last a couple days. You pop back in, burn another one, just let it sit there in lockdown while you keep doing it. It's it's crazy. It's awesome. I, I mean, you could take like a level two pixie from the start of the game and make her a badass with the ability cards, with the lockdown, with all this stuff. It's crazy. It's nuts. I haven't even got there. So, you know, I, I did not do the sisters. I only did our them up to level two. So I don't oh have God. this ability whatsoever. So you're speaking in Greek, all these <laughs> things. I'm like, yeah, I've got all these incense. I have tons of them mm-hmm. from all over the place, but I can't use them for anything. They just sit in my inventory because I don't have lockdown ability. And I'm to that point now where I can't even make a Freo Hurugia. So I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I think I'm out of luck. Oh, man. And... I never encountered one in the wild, so I don't have one in my uh, summons or anything either. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm a, the only way to do it now is to go do some research, see if there is one I can find somewhere still in mementos maybe or something. Yeah. And then uh, I do have the proper cards, ability cards to pop uh, whatever it was they wanted on there, Terracaja or something like that, to go do it. I need to do it because if I could start popping them in the lockdown and get those uh, those weaknesses nullified or whatever, repel, doesn't matter, anything – I'd be unstoppable. I mean, I'm pretty much unstoppable anyway, just because I've gotten lucky on some of my, uh, some of my fusions and whatnot, but that would just seal the deal. No doubt. What makes it even better, which I just realized today when I got home and I went, I want to play persona, but instead I had to edit the, what you play in third shift is I have on Joker, the item that nullifies weaknesses right now. So now I can give him literally anything else. Cause Shiki Yoji Uh has no weaknesses. So you can have any one of the other cool ones. It's just, I, I'm so happy. I just want to play Persona. I don't want to edit this podcast. Let's put the <laughs> podcast out two weeks from now. I don't know. There's so much good stuff. There's so much good stuff. And you know what? Speaking of getting good stuff. Yeah. I fixed that broken PC. I did all the little ching, 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 chungs to it. Did it all in one sitting, just like you talked about. Yep. And all of a sudden, there he was, Persona 4's beautiful, wonderful, freaking online store dealer, whatever his mm-hmm. name is. I always forget it. I'll let you say it, because you'll do it justice. <laughs> He's Shady Commodities Tanaka in this one. There it is. I know Tanaka, but I couldn't remember the rest. I was like, Tanaka something. And, and as, a, as a bonus, which I didn't know, apparently he was one of the confidants in Persona 3. So he's just like a hanger on throughout the whole series. So that's pretty cool. Oh, it's beautiful. That is wonderful. I'm glad to see that he is indeed sticking around even in 5, even though you got to dig deep and you got to mess around if you want to get him. Yeah. He's there. And what's really cool is you can get his little commodities, buy, 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 buy. And then as the more you buy, he goes, hey, you spent this much here. We're upgrading your access. And then mm-hmm. just like at the uh, Takimi shop, all of a sudden you get a bunch more stuff and Jose, you know, and so on and so forth. More mm-hmm. stuff appears. You buy more, you get more. You buy more, you get more. But anytime you make an order, you got to wait for the three days or so for it to come in and you can't make any more purchases until yeah. you get your package. So you just have to be a little bit careful and make sure what you want is what you want. Because you you can't go back for three days, and that's the only downside. And of course, in Persona, you gotta understand that sometimes three days means two weeks because occasionally story bits take over, and off you go on adventures. That's true. One thing I was thinking about when I was laughing while you were finishing up talking about Shady Commodities Tanaka is I bought something off of him for like 
900,000 yen. And I have so many good accessories on because of all the palaces. I don't even remember what it was. I got it and I was like, damn, I got to check this out. And I got it and I went, I don't know. Everyone's got everything maxed out on. I can't do anything with this. I tell you, I've been doing that all over the place. I'm like, well, <laughs> just because I do, I go to the, like this store with all the trinkets and stuff. I just buy yeah, them yeah. all. I don't even look at what they are. I don't care. I'm just like, ah, eh, what I got's gonna be better than it anyway. I'll just buy it so I have it. I did the same thing with the little like the jewelry salesman guy in the alley at night. Mm-hmm. I was like, he had some big expensive ass thing too. I was like, I don't even know what that ability is. Just give me all that stuff. Went through. Nah, nobody can use this. It's over. Sorry, buddy. Whatever. Going to keep using these will seed abilities. It's fine. Mm. Don't worry about it. It's it's appreciated, though. I just personally, I don't care if he sold nothing at all and right. he just, or something stupid. I didn't even care about whatsoever. I just love the fact that they got him in there. I, I had a discussion with you before I knew he was even there yeah. about how I was so frustrated with the stinking online store and how boring it was compared to Persona 4. Mm-hmm. And then... Wish was granted. Dreams came true. That's and right. I know I could have probably done Persona 5 regular because I remember getting the laptop in the last one and whatnot, but I didn't fix it and do all the things. So I remember reading about it in Persona 5 regular, but I didn't know who Tanaka was at that point. You're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can unlock Tanaka's store. And I'm like, who the hell is that? I don't know. Whatever. I got Takemi up. That's good enough for me. So, yeah, it's it's true. cool that he's he's there and... It's it's just an extra little Easter egg for you. And, I mean, it doesn't even say that a broken laptop is, like, a, a usable thing. Like, it shows up with the gift bag icon, which, like I told uh-huh. you, I thought it was a gift for Futaba. Same thing with the PC tools. And then the one day I actually wanted to craft something at the table, Morgana went, hey, can't you fix that broken laptop with your PC tools? And I went, huh? What? And he just went, yeah, just go do it. And I went, okay, click, clack, clook a And then you hear that beautiful music, and off you go. And it's funny you say that because you even told me, hey, if you do the P- you know, broken PC, you're going to be able to do a thing. So I got the stuff and nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And I went to the to a table and he didn't say nothing. There was no availability there. And I went, <laughs> what the heck? How do you unlock this? And so I kept going to like the use the computer shop and things mm-hmm. like that, seeing if maybe that was how it was done. And I came home one night and Morgana, when we were, I was walking into LeBlanc, just went, hey, you know, you got that broken laptop. I bet you could fix it. And I was like, there it is. Uh-huh. So I went upstairs, sure enough. Now all of a sudden, fixed broken laptop was an option. And away we went. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a tiny bit of game you can completely miss. But if you're a Persona fan, oh, it's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Speaking of things you can miss, one quick little thing that I just thought of in my head. I wasn't going to talk about it. How many things do you have on your shelves in, the, in that room, how many collectibles do you have from your characters going out to certain things? I've got the Chaco Fountain. I've got the Big Bang Burger. I've got the uh, the the uh, Mr. Frost, uh, King Frost, and then I've got the chess piece from Hifumi. Okay, because I had absolutely nothing until she randomly wanted to go to Jinbo Cho. I think it was for one of her unlocks, actually. And mm-hmm. she was like, hey, here's a present. I went, oh, all these places that nobody ever asks me to go is where I get all the stuff from. I, I finally got that. I got the Jack Frost just recently from the Crane game. But I remember in Persona 5 regular, that, that shelf was empty the whole time. And it was almost empty this whole time, too, for me. You almost messed up, man. Almost messed almost it up. Almost messed up. Every time I'd check it, he'd be like, oh, man, I wish I could decorate my room. I'm like, with what? You got to be nice to your people and hang out with them for no reason other than you love them. Okay? I got stuff you know, to I'll do. Bet, I got, I got I'll other bet confidants money. to get up. 
I'm got, telling you right now. I got Mementos runs to do. <laughs> I know you think you got I got a broken laptop. I got to feed my plant. Don't. I got to talk to Sojiro. Listen, I've told you. One really cool feature here is all your characters you've maxed out have dates that you can hang out with them and have unique events beyond mm. just, of course, leveling them up. I'm going to bet you money you go on those little dates or incursions or whatever you want to call them with these folks, and that's how you're going to get more and more pieces to commemorate your hanging out with them and being friends with them, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. I mean, my little guide that I look at for the conversations, it has the hangouts at the bottom. It's like, oh, yeah, get the piece from here. And I'm like, how do I do that? I don't know. Because the only hangouts I'd gotten before I got that one from Hifumi was the other hangouts I got were just the the usual just rank up hangouts. Hey, you want to go mm-hmm. to the shrine? And then we also meet character B, and then we both go to But you don't get a, a souvenir from those, so... Yeah, I'm sure that's where they come from, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. I think I've only done one or two of the, uh, you know, the extracurricular things that get you that kind of yeah. stuff. But I hope to do more, and I keep hoping that there's going to be a lull for me, which I remember there in the last game that I'll get a chance to do that. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still screwing myself over, and I'm going to miss a lot of those fun extra unique events that I never saw back in the day, and I'm doing the same exact thing and skipping them this time too to try and max out as many characters as humanly possible. And I'm definitely going to fall into that trap because I had everybody maxed out that I wanted. And then there was one night I had nothing to do. I've read all the books I can read. All my stats are maxed out. I had nothing to do. No characters were available for hanging out for nothing. I went, all right, well, let me get the guy up. Let me get the gun shop guy up. And I started him. And now I see that little level two there. And I go, oh, he's amazing. Well, I mean, he is good. I, I, his, I his use abilities, his abilities. Sir. But as soon as I see all that two there... Then there was another night where somebody who was like a level four was up sticking out over here. Somebody cared about him. And I was like, but he's only a level two. So I got to, I got to start getting him up too. And I'm just, I'm never going to, I'm never going to max out the people I want. They're all going to be sitting at seven and nine, just like the end of the last game. You need to do it anyway, Matt, because I'm telling you right now, his abilities proc quite a bit. And when you start opening up almost all your fights with an all out attack, Mm -hmm. just, you might, you know what, just hang the hat up. Yeah. Just put your little feet up on your little kickstand there and and just, you know, coast on through because life is too easy now. What I really need is I really need to get him up for his down shot when you can get it at three shots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then I'm going to go see the Reaper and he's, and he's going to be no trouble at all. And, and ooh, bam, you'll get that achievement. That, you, you just segued it in. I totally remembered it. You just hit it. I'm going to get a platinum in this game because I have everything except... Maxing out Jose, which I'm gonna do because you're gonna you go through the bottom of Mentos and killing the Reaper. Everything else that I need is all story based. So I'm gonna have a platinum when I'm done with this game. It's gonna feel good. It's gonna just it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna glow. I'm gonna I'm gonna just become a five star. I'm just gonna die happy right at that moment, and that'll be it. Uh, and I'm not gonna get a platinum. It looks like there's a couple things in there I haven't done yet. Still, and I don't know if I can at this point. So, ah. Uh... I think most stuff's pretty easy. Like, well, I mean, I would assume you did all the stuff that I've done so far, pretty much. A lot of the other there stuff. There's a was couple just... side events. I mean, you got to do the fishing thing. You got to do the batting cages. And there's a couple more. There's some of those side things I just haven't, I haven't done. I, just, I, I remember I told you I spent two nights on the freaking batting cages and couldn't get it. That's I can't. True. I can't sacrifice another night on the batting cages. It's impossible. All you got to do is hit the ball once. You don't have to get the slugger trophy. The trophy for PSN. Is just for getting hit at the batting cages. Was it? Yeah. You might be right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was. I did get a trophy just for going. Mm-hmm. So there's no trophy for getting the slugger or any of that. No. Okay. No. 
That's just an in-game. Woo, so I just need to go fishing one time. All right, just gotta go mm. fishing and play one game. Of, well, I already did the, bill, the darts and billiards, so we're good. I went fishing right. by accident one day. I was looking for somebody else up right next to where it is, and my thumb went over one, and I hit it, and I went, "Oh shit, no, no!" And then I got roped into the fishing conversation. <laughs> And then you so said, well, whatever. By accident, I was like, oh, whatever. I guess I'll just do it. <laughs> well, it benefits you, though. It benefits you because now you're getting a freaking platinum True. and everything's all right. Because otherwise, you don't want to go there. Who wants to go fishing? The only reason I want to go fishing is with Kawakami, but mm. I don't know if that's ever going to happen or if it even count because it'd be like a little max of date thing. So Yeah, I don't think it would. Probably not. So yeah, that's it for me. What else you got? Anything else, Matt? There's 10 million things we could talk about. I mean, there's but more, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to end on that high note of me getting a platinum, both of us getting a platinum in our favorite game of all time ever made. That wraps it up. It was a wild, crazy discussion this way, that way, up and down, all around the corner. But that's what you get when you get two guys very excited about something and just sparking ideas in each other's brains and just, just popping off. It's great. And if you don't like that discussion, well, hey, next week we might be back with a lot more Gearbox stuff if they release that patch and they release the takedown at the Guardian Breach. Who knows? But what do you knows out there in podcast listener land? Do you have something you want to tell us? Any questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback at all? Send that to us via email, via the new email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at thirdshiftme and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us in all those glorious places. You can also find us over on Patreon. We treat it just like a little old tip jar. You like what you hear, like what we're up to, want to keep us going, keep the lights on over here. Hey, consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks. Any kind of bucks would be greatly appreciated. Anybody who can't donate some cash, though, hey, we totally understand. You know what? Just your love, listening to the show every week, sending us mailbag questions, five-star ratings, because, you know, we love those five-star ratings. The likes, the thumbs up, the freaking subscribes, the follows over on Twitch. Any and all interaction is awesome interaction, and we do appreciate it so very much. Absolutely, and of course, this podcast drops every Friday or Thursday night. Hey, whatever I feel like. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 12th of June for our very next episode, which is going to be episode 198. So don't forget, episode 200 is coming up. Send us your love. Send us some Send us some audio congratulatory messages. Send us anything you want to send us. I'll have to play it on the air. And find the next podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, or on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. We do indeed. You know, sometimes when we're hiding in the caves underneath the Gearbox studio, we get cold. And you know what? Five stars can just really warm our hearts up and keep us going for the next time we're talking to you. But until that time, there's nothing left to say tonight. But don't, 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 don't forget. Shut up and sit down.